creativelyanddeliberately.com, a podcast where we will discuss how to creatively and deliberately make choices that give life meaning. This is your host, Dennett Hansen. Thanks for joining me. This is where I will creatively express myself. I will deliberately acknowledge God in the details of life. And it is my goal that we all creatively will show curiosity to others and ourselves as we deliberately act with compassion. Okay, let's get started with our episode eight. The other day I engaged in some impulsive behavior. How? Where, you ask? Here's my first clue. I was behind the wheel of a car. That explains a lot, right? So a driver blocked me from passing into the left lane as other drivers merged into the right lane where I was. Then the guy, still in the fast lane, deliberately reduced his speed as if to show me he owned the road. So I went there. My heart rate sped up. My hands went clammy. And then I did the disgusted stare down. I deliberately ignored the internal urge to calm down and let it go. As I sped up behind the car in front of me, I dangerously passed the driver. I don't like to engage in this type of burning anger, but I let myself be swept into this heated mood. Here I acted like my reckless behavior improved my road status. Like I had won in the end. But in reality, it just left me exhausted and upset at the other driver. And then when my heart rate finally calmed down, I was left with disappointment in myself. Have you ever wondered why road rage is so easy to slip into? We have three different areas that are in charge of three different aspects of our being. Paul McLean called it our triune brain that starts with our brain stem and then moves upward to our frontal cortex. Road rage would be a reaction that stems from the lower, primitive level of our brains that many call our survival brain. It is constantly measuring whether our environment is safe or not. But slipping into a territorial or protective state then leads to irrational behaviors like I was sucked into on the road. You would have thought that I was in a life or death situation by my rash reaction. How silly of me. So think about your reactions when you feel threatened. Either you fight, like road rage encourages, or you flee for safety. And at times, when we're threatened with intense fears, we are immobilized from action. Knowing there is an automatic, am I safe sensor can allow us to monitor when we're reacting from the lower instinctive part of ourselves that might not be serving us or the drivers next to us. Occasionally, our impulsive survival reactions can help save our lives, but we generally get stuck in the stressful state without any real threat. This can be the case when we're trying to improve or set goals or make any changes in our life. It's very easy to see things as dangerous when they are not. To avoid this trap, ask, what's feeling so threatening? This can allow ourselves to see what assumptions are being made that aren't necessarily valid. 
We all have a need to feel safe before we make any steps forward in life. And I've learned that the best way to get this feeling of safety is by first controlling our thoughts. We don't have to control our circumstances, just our thoughts. If I would have controlled my thoughts while driving, I could have kept my emotions and my reactions in check. You know, I came across this awesome quote by Ward Foley the other day that speaks volumes. We aren't given a good life or a bad life. We are given life, and it's up to us to make it good or bad. We naturally monitor our lives from a pleasure or pain scale that then dictates what we say or do. Of course, we repeat whatever rewards us, and we tend to avoid whatever seems to bring us pain. I know I'm really good at avoiding pain. But here's the deal. Our mind has to have a way to communicate with our bodies, and emotions are its way of communicating how we are choosing to perceive our lives, good or bad. If you really think about it, our individual experiences in life are expressed through our emotions, and generally it's our thoughts and feelings that lead to these interpreted emotions. Whether we are experiencing the present or re-experiencing the past, it's going to be communicated in our body through our emotions because that's the language of the limbic or emotional brain, which is then done by way of proteins that are converted into chemical messengers. The energy formed from these messages then promotes some sort of motion or action. Here, think about Christmas time and the swelling motions of love that tend to encourage giving to others. This giving spirit even seeps from the Christmas lights that penetrate past the darkness of the night. Because we all rate life from likes and dislikes, it's generally our preferences that activate our hindsight. The beautiful thing about hindsight is that hindsight allows us to learn from our painful experiences so our decisions can be better in the future. And you're learning as long as your actions are for the better, right? Since hindsight is 2020, I can look back to a gut-wrenching experience where I didn't stand up for myself. And I realize now that if I'm not willing to stand up for myself, then I can't complain about it later on. I must have my own back because I deserve that respect and I need to be true to myself. I've always been the type of person that will lose so that others will win, avoiding any conflict. So we've all got to give ourselves credit. In another episode, I definitely want to talk about being assertive instead of passive. But for now, let's just acknowledge that referring to our past easily gets a bad rap because of the toll we can let it take on us. But without our memories, we wouldn't be able to progress and grow and make changes that we seek. Having a point of reference is a blessing. In fact, God communicates with us by bringing things back to our remembrance as stated in John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. God does send special, unique words and ideas to all of us if we will pay attention. 
we will then recognize and we can remember them. Here's one example I've had. When my third daughter, the cute, full-haired one I mentioned in my first episode, was a few days away from turning one, she swallowed a penny. However, I didn't know it was a penny at the time. Here's how it all went down. Katie came into my room and I watched her put something in her mouth and then she choked, which scared me, but she threw up shortly after. So my husband and I guessed that whatever she put in her mouth that made her choke must have dislodged. Yet I had the memory of watching a talk show of a toddler who swallowed a penny come to my mind. I thought maybe she swallowed a penny too, but then discounted it as a crazy thought. What were the chances of her doing the same thing as the toddler on TV? She threw up again later that day when I tried to give her a smashed up fried egg, but she could eat graham crackers and drink her bottle just fine. An uneasy feeling sat in my gut as the day ended, and then I recalled how my aunt's daughter had choked on a beet earlier in the week and had to give the Heimlich in order to dislodge it. Was I just thinking worst case scenarios? She threw up a few more times the next day, so I finally called the doctor, whose nurse couldn't get me in until after five. Once we were there, Katie had an x-ray that revealed a coin sitting at an angle which allowed a few food items to pass down, but not anything too big. The doctor immediately sent us to the hospital for surgery. That penny that sat at an angle could flip at any moment and block her airway. I was sick that I had ignored the nagging feeling I had from the moment she choked. Why had I not listened to this prompting that something was wrong? I did pray she would be all right, despite my inaction. Then I heard three words, prepare, prevent, and preserve. God had prepared me to hear and see the things I needed to know before this happened, like learning of my niece choking at the babysitters and then watching the TV show about the toddler who swallowed a penny. God always prepares us in life for the things we are going to see and do and experience. He wants us to grow and expand. He might also preserve us like he did my sweet one-year-old. Because we all have something to offer to others in this life. We all have a mission. He might also prevent things happening if we will heed his spirit. He is always there for us. So having a memory is vital to both living spiritually and physically. Let us not forget that. Within the triune brain, we also have a natural sensor that goes off within our emotional brain that tends to question, am I loved? That then affects how we act and what we are willing to do in life. That's why remembering the many times God tries to intervene and help each one of us can help us calm this habitual inquiry. Because we all have the right to love and be loved. God created only that which was good, which means we are good because we are created by Him. Even though our behaviors at times can seem anything but good, at the core we are good. Other questions like, do I belong? Am I worthy of success? All come from our emotional brain. And they're hard to ignore because we all have that innate need to feel safe and be accepted. 
We won't set up goals or make changes in our life if we feel like it will alienate us from others. We are social creatures who all strive to feel significant. But at times we allow our fears of being rejected by others to stunt how we behave and what conclusions we come to. It's our responsibility to remember we are all good. If we will realize that we all have a built-in intent that is positive, you know, to be loved and to safely belong, that allows us to look for the positive intent in our actions so we can see beyond any misguided behavior, such as road rage, and truly see for what it's worth, that we all want the same things. If we will look for the good in ourselves and in others, we can improve our thoughts and actions to get the results we want. Being emotionally charged by our standards and core beliefs is what leads to our motivation that will help us accomplish goals. Things like being true to our word or any commitment we make. In other words, we need to always keep our promises to ourselves as well as we want to keep promises to others, but we first start with ourself. This takes self-mastery and self-discipline. Along with commitment, don't let any mood change our devotion. There is a process in everything in life, so trust the step-by-step process because it's layered learning. In fact, I can't wait to talk about our working memory, but that will be in a future episode. So deciding now that you don't want to let anything get you down to the point that you give up will help you push onward. And valuing any effort given by acknowledging that we are all worthy and well-intended as we strive for our goals. These type of motivators propel us past the barriers that might stand in our way of setting goals or making the proper changes in our lives. At the top of our triune brain is the prefrontal cortex, or our brain's CEO. This is where we have access to imaginations, logic, and forethought. Using this executive state allows us to think about what we're thinking. We can plot about different scenarios and outcomes. It's here we can weigh out what it will take to reach our goals or whatever it is we want in our lives. We want access to this part of our brains, yet it's easy to get stuck in either the survival brain or the emotional brain and not have access to the wisdom that comes from our executive brain. Being made aware of the different built-in levels of thinking can clue us all into what is standing in our way of achieving that which we desire. Like I said before, knowledge is power, but applying this knowledge is empowerment. Discerning what is serving us and what isn't will be the key to our success. So pay attention to yourself and see what you are basing your life from, love and security or fear and feelings of inadequacy. In the next episode, we will talk about how support of others also leads to success in life. Thanks for listening. Creativelyanddeliberately.com If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and share it with your friends.